the Dude Fox Podcast. I'm Paul, he's Ronnie, and one thing's for sure, I'm absolutely shiting myself right now. We're here, and I can't believe it, the live episode recording at the Little Theatre. Join the conversation on our socials. We are at Dude Fox Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Coming up on this week's episode, Aberdeen Review, Livian Hearts Preview, Scottish Cup Tickets, Loan Report, yes. Women's Team Academy, Lottery, Games or Goals, Who Am I, On This Day with the Arab Archive, and the Dublin Dreamboat, Sean Dillon, is back. It's all coming up on episode 136 of the Toad Fox Podcast. Hello, I'm Sean Dillon. Hi, I'm Kevin Gallagher. Hi, I'm Ryan Gold. I'm Johnny Russell. I'm Andy McClellan. Hi, I'm Mark Wilson. Hi, I'm Paul Dixon. Welcome to the Dode Fox Podcast. Right, here we go. Welcome back to the award-running Dode Fox Podcast. Live from the Little Theatre with the not-so-little Paul McNichol and the often very theatrical Ronnie Costello. Mm-hmm. Um, so, usually we would speak about something here that's happened in the week, right? But every single day I've spoke to you this week, You've been shiting yourself. Yes. So it's, it's a recurring theme this week. It is, but we're fine. It's all right. We're amongst friends. I can't see half of them, so it's fine. I don't want to look at the other half. <laughs> so it's all right. And not one of them past row number four has got any clays on. So it's all right. <laughs> right. So uh, obviously we've got a busy one to get through. Uh, we have people baying for you, what you think of uh, how the game went yesterday. So we spoke about last week. It's a good away day mm-hmm. uh, up seeing the sheep shaggers. Um, it's true. Uh, how was it for you going up there? I mean, because you didn't get nervous, do you? Like, you're more nervous doing this than you are going to watch United. Oh, which massively. Is massively. A shite Of course. Now, this is your comfort zone. Me being in amongst a group of Arabs shouting <laughs> abuse at a referee for making a shitey decision is my comfort That's zone. That's your comfort zone. Yes, I'm faceless and nameless in yes. that crowd. No, I wasn't nervous going up the road to, to watch the game. Went up with the old man and the wee man, who's absolutely rubbered with the night, by the way. So if there is a spare seat, it's supposed to be the wee man that's sitting Do you sitting want to dob him in now? Well, he's just been dobbed in. <laughs> What's he doing instead? He's probably playing with his mates, and I, I, I can't really blame him, to be honest with you. But there was no nerves travelling up the road to Aberdeen. I was looking forward to it. Wasn't sure what we were going to get on the park, if I'm honest. Uh, but uh, it was, it was a, a routine Saturday. <laughs> Talk to me about that away end. It's just a heap. It's just a heap. They've just stuck chairs on the old terrace and steps. They've no made any real adjustments. But then they're, they're meant to be moving stadiums, so. Meant to be. I'm no Dalton MDN, but somebody was on Martin's bus with a seat for Pataudry. <laughs> <laughs> Proudly on display, according to the photo I seen. Was it Martin? It probably was Martin. <laughs> Martin was about eight pint deep by 10 o'clock. I'm not sure he came what was going on. So, uh, Aye, so what did, what did you say earlier on when we were speaking about it? They went, they've basically not really done anything, but they've just drilled chairs down. No, I think when United redone the shed, we we done something with the steps to make it so that you could actually fit chairs into it, whereas Aberdeen have literally just stuck seats on the old terrace and steps, and it's just garbage. For a guy who says 13 feet like me, it's negative. I'm forever standing on juices and dropping pairs and kicking them out of the place. And a sellout crowd at 18,000 in a 22,000 stadium. That's some going. That's an Aberdeen sellout. I think that's... <laughs> That's an Aberdeen seller. Uh, one change for last week. Happy enough? Or did you think it was harsh on dropping the birthday boy? No, I, th- I, th- I, was, I thought Butch was maybe injured. Uh, I was surprised that he was on the bench, uh, the fact that he wasn't starting. Uh, and I wasn't 
I wasn't a first that Kevin McDonald was in because when he's he started the games the last couple he's been pretty good so I was looking forward to seeing him again so no it was a decent team on paper and we got the best possible start we didn't have Ian Hart's thrown himself theatrically to the ground but it was a penalty the guy had a, an affy hud of his jersey he was clearly wanting to swap jerseys in the third minute he definitely threw himself he definitely threw himself <laughs> at the end yeah but it's a penalty it's a penalty all day long uh Nicky Clark obviously wasn't on the park. He's been the designated penalty taker. I don't think MDLs took a penalty if you're not out with that in a long time. No, I How was I was hoping Tony Watt was going to take it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I wasn't the one. So you were shining yourself when well, Watt well, stepped up. I wasn't overly confident that he was going to score. Uh, Put it away. He did. Happy he did. enough for that. And Delighted. obviously the best thing is they go and get the second goal. It's important you score the next goal. Of course, yeah. That that was the only thing missing really, wasn't it? Mm. Just couldn't get it. And. How did you sum up the sort of first half? Like we were in control to start, were you? And then it just seemed as soon as we conceded, it was like, eh. yeah, they, I mean, here before it was an exciting game of football. First half, uh, there's no doubt about that. There were chances at both ends. Ross Graham had a raker that I've, I've saw it back at the time because of where United fans are housed at Petodre. It looked a wee bit better than what, when you see it on the TV behind the goal, and it's fairly comfortable for the keeper. Uh, Aberdeen had two good chances where they probably should have done a lot better. But half-time, I wasn't displeased. I think that we were, we were playing quite well. We were defending quite stoutly again and attacking. We were at least, we had something going forward. So, uh, we were sitting pretty at half-time. And did you pantomime boo Alex Ferguson? Uh, no, but I didn't applaud him either. All oh, right, okay. Shite house behaviour one way or another. Correct. I'm pretty Correct. I'm on board with that. Yeah, I just quietly respected the man. <laughs> it's obviously like, it, like, say for them, it's a big end, so you want to turn up and be the party poopers all that, but we just never really mm, got yeah. going to turn Well, it was, it was a massive day for, for Aberdeen as a club, obviously, because Ferguson was going back and they had the statue unveiling the day before and there was lines of people out the back of the Richard Donald stand queuing up to get a photo with the statue because that's where they've put it just now. Uh, so it was a big day for them. So Did you see it? I see now. It's it kind of on a. It's not as high up as like Jim McLean's, is it? Is it the same height as you? Or no, it's bigger than me. Okay. Uh, it's taller than me. Uh, okay. No, it's it's no. Jim McLean's is on a plinth. that's mm. about my height. Uh, it wasn't on a plinth. It was just it was just on the deck for for what I remember. Aye. So when we concede the goal, mm. shite. Aye. Pretty much, yeah. That's what I'm getting at. It was Aye. a shite goal as well. You think it? it was an own goal, or are you crediting it to the Aberdeen boy that? Almost I'm credited it to Nibdi. Right, so, okay. So uh, just Nibdi scored. Move on. Mm. Uh, somebody, I see somebody on Twitter saying uh, they missed the goal so it doesn't count with 1-1-0. I've thought that logic every day of the week. 100%. Yeah. I think it was, was it no dunk? Probably I think, was. I think it was uh, dunk. He missed uh, the goal. Uh, so United 1-1-0 so, in uh, this world. I don't know, Is that an own, That's probably an own goal, isn't it? I think it's an own goal, yeah. Yeah, I think it's an own goal. It was poor play for us to begin with. I think Kevin McDonald got robbed of the ball and then their tricky wee winger had a shot. Uh, parried and then the, the boy done his best to try and miss and then Edwards helped into the side of the net so uh, it was it was disappointing but I, I think it was it was coming like they had uh, a fair few chances desperate for somebody to put him in, up in the air eh? are they the wee winger uh, he's a no bad player he's a good quick player. anyway yeah yeah. I, I was mere hoping somebody would put Lewis Ferguson up in the air rather than him he's an arsehole so. oh, it's in his DNA though it's not uh, his association. fault you know it's not no his fault is it it's not it's not uh, what are you thinking half time? It's one all. No, I was Can happy. I was, I was happy I was enough. Happy. Yeah, it was a decent game to watch. Uh, we'd had chances. They'd had chances. Uh, no, I was happy. I thought if we here go second half, then the, the game was still there for the winning at that point. I'll tell the jokes round here, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> it was important that when we got into the second half, we did here go. 
but yes. we just never seem to get moving again. Nah, stinking. which is really disappointing. Yeah, stinking. Second half going forward, it, it, we didn't really offer anything. Aberdeen had missed out the play, probably all the chances. Second half. Uh, I mean, if you want to look at a positive, then we defended very well. Uh, we defended as a unit. We had to defend very well because we, we didn't hit the bar that much. But it was similar in a way to the game last week against Rangers where we played quite well. And then when Rangers got a real foothold in the match, it was just backs to the wall. It wasn't quite that bad, but like, if there was a team going to win it, it probably wasn't going to be us on the no. day. But again, were you still like, we'll probably not lost this game? Like when you were there, were you still thinking? Yeah, I didn't I? I wasn't overly overly concerned. I mean, th there was one where Benji's took a goal kick, and it's a, it's a shitey goal kick, let's be honest, but it did get held up in the wind as well, and then the boys nipped in in front of Edwards, uh, and it was Liam Smith had to get back and make a good tackle. Uh, but I thought they were going to score there. But anything else, no, nah, Benji's made some good saves, but it's it's good saves that you would expect them to make. There wasn't any like, deferred belief, for want of a better way of putting it. So, yeah, they'll be, I think Aberdeen will be more disappointed that it was only a draw. Whereas at the end of the game, I think we'll, we'll happily take that. Yeah, it's, and then it's a point away for him, but it's, it's, it's just no great the second half again. We've not really, not really done much at all. Like, no. We've been pending at times or we're tracking back at times. And yeah. when we've got an out ball, there's nobody there. I know, and it's, it wasn't even a great Aberdeen side. Uh, like if you want to be really critical of it, they they weren't up to much. They had they had key players missing. They didn't have Brown. They didn't have Hayes. I'm not saying these guys are brilliant, but like they're a, a certain standard. You know, they're probably first names on the team sheet for Aberdeen. So it was a wee bit of disappointing the second half performance. I felt, but I suppose before it, you might attain a draw. And amazingly, we have got the third best defensive record in the league. 29 conceded. Now that's before the day, by the way, because I'm not really sure how that affected the day but when I was looking at it yesterday which it's great but we also didn't score very many goals no no and, that, and that's been a problem our season has it you just say look at the four column in the league table it's uh, it's poor it's poor and as well as we're defending just now uh, like what we're doing this when we went on we're good run earlier in the season as well we were maybe winning games 1-0 or whatever, winning it by the odd goal but if a couple of the Aberdeen chances go in then we're snookered we're not getting back into that game because we just we didn't hear enough going forward, in my opinion. And for all the, again, a good point on the road and two good points back to back, given the opposition, I suppose. Away form still a concern, eh? Two wins a season. We've no one away for him since, apart from the cup. Yeah. No one away for him since what Hibs October. Yeah, and, and Christ, that was probably the best performance of the season as well. So it it, <laughs> it can be done, but yeah, yeah the, the stats don't lie. The away form has been been very very average at best. Uh, but then look, we're, we're still we're still in fifth place somehow. The roller coaster of emotions that is this league. It is, yeah. Well, like we were saying upstairs, I mean, there's only three teams in the league that haven't really went through a really stinking patch this season, and that's the top three. Everybody else has went on quite long losing streaks. Uh, we are no different. We've we've went on that losing streak uh, a month or so back. We're hopefully at the other side of it now, and. Uh, Although we're no winning games, we're, we're no losing games. So it's something to build on. But the, the age-old problem of being too slow going forward, too laborious, like waiting until the opposition get Abdi behind the bar and ultimately not creating much, that just seems to hinder us massively each week. And on the back of that pure horrendous run, which obviously we're still clinging on to positives now and again, but we, we've went, what, one defeat in nine, it's four wins and 
four draws, the defeat being well, last minute against Celtic. Mm-hmm. It's no bad, given it's still kept to where we are in the league of, well, fourth up until the day type thing. I think we've dropped to fifth on Yeah, I think we're fifth. But then the league is so tight, you know, we are, what are we, five points away from 10th? We're, I, I can't see, can see anybody catching third. So if you want to be best of the rest just now, then you're aiming for fourth, aren't you? Uh, but it's so tightly and we're travelling away on Wednesday which we'll get to that's not going to be an easy game I think if they'll have the incentive if they beat us then they'll go above us in the league uh, whereas we should have the incentive of let's try and get a rare away victory on the board and try and maintain a wee bit of a gap against them because they're not my favourite team to watch but uh, like they're quite effective at what they do and certainly were yesterday but we'll get to that um <laughs> I don't want to say too much the way, but we'll get to that. Uh, I mean, we said it many games, we don't like speaking about it, but it's something that has to be mentioned. How was the referee for you yesterday? Stinking. <laughs> yeah, always. Like he, gave, he gave the penalty, he booked the boy, that was fair enough. But I'm not sure. Lewis Ferguson, is, he's at the ref all the time. He's, he's just a shite house, oh, guy. He really is. Uh, but he, he's almost unbookable. Like he, he devs. He gets stuck in about boys, which is fair enough, but sometimes it goes a wee bit too far. Uh, I just I just thought the ref was quite poor. It felt like any sort of 50-50 went their way. But then it's... it's well, I could I say the same thing every bloody week just now. Mm, you did. Tatting on a nice grand yesterday. Anything good? Anything getting dished up? I, I did. I got a couple of steak pies. And I say a couple. I only bought one for me and I bought one for the wee man. But, Here we go. The, the same old line dished out every the week. week. The wee man didn't like it. Or he didn't want it. So I'm not going to throw it away, am I? No. So I had two pies. <laughs> and they, they were both steak pies. One of them was a delight. And the other end had been in the oven for the last same game at Pataudry, I think. <laughs> Stinking. Just like a perfect hard roof then. No, they were great bits. And you Nonsense. Know it. You know it. Uh, man the match. Uh... Probably Benji for the saves that he's made. I think... Too many people quiet yesterday. Too many people off the boil. Yeah, like... Not really in it. Let's be honest. Tony Watt, uh, he, he wasn't a great yesterday, but he, he never hid. Uh, he, he was always trying to get on the ball. Always trying to do something with it. Uh, trying to encourage his teammates as well at, at times, but nothing just came off for him. His touch wasn't quite there. Decision-making when he got into the box a couple of times wasn't great. Uh, I think first half Harks put in a good shift Liam Smith done done all right I think United themselves right not so much looking at a man of the match but United themselves Aberdeen got at us down the wings and I don't know if that's because of the system that we're we're playing just now with the three at the back and then you've got uh, Niskanen we mentioned for him as well he was class yesterday Uh, you've got Niskanen on the left and Liam Smith on the right and I feel like we're leaving ourselves exposed to teams that want to play with a bit of width uh, because they get in behind us off easy and United have got uh, an uneasy to watch knack at just letting people run at them. That's before. a great laugh. Oh, it's no just, great. No, just it's, come on, just back no, it's, it's no great laugh. Boys need to start tackling boys a wee bit further out for the rain box. I, I don't know. There's no reason why at 40 yards out you should just hit a boy. Exactly. Just hit him. Yep. 30 yards out, hit him. When you're getting closer and closer, can oh. you just letting him hear a shot as well? So yep. you're then, I don't know, you're just hoping, well, if they shoot, Benji should save it or they might miss, but. It's too much of an invitation. We just let boys walk into the box half the time. Like Lewis Ferguson done it towards the end of the game. Uh, Was that before or after he threw himself to the deck? He threw himself. And then realised he looked like a prick. Mm. I better jump up again. Yeah, it was definitely after that incident. Yeah. He yeah. always looks like a prick. Point and, a point and move on. Is that what we're going for? Yeah, I would say so. I would point say move so. On. It's not a bad point. Uh, 
Right, double done this week, obviously. We're mm-hmm. a lot of Livy on uh, Wednesday and uh, I aim at Hearts. On Saturday, both of them got, got wins. Uh, Hearts beat St. Mern 2 0. And uh, well, Livy just had a training game yesterday. I mean, that's. <laughs> I think so. I think so. Where's Jim? <laughs> I mean, uh, well, I'm not saying nothing, but it's. Again, though, it's in them. We don't want to play them, so I don't want to say too much, but it just looked awfully easy yesterday and what the goals that I've seen. Yeah, and that's a shitty pitch to go to as well. Let's be honest. Yeah, it's, there's nothing, nothing good about Livingston on a Wednesday night, unfortunately. But it's and, and the way they play as well, they, they play with wingers. Uh, they get wide, they get down the lines, and that might cause us a wee bit of bother. Uh, I can't. It's a stinking pitch, but we can't be using that as an excuse. Like plastic pitches are new. You ever seen us play a good game doing now? I think Russell Latape was maybe in the team, so that's how far back we're going. I think we're maybe one, two, one. I've, it might have been a good result. I don't know if it was a good performance. I can't remember that. Mm. But uh, no, nah, it's just. I think it's like I'm probably guilty of it as well. You look at you, you think Livingston. That's the wee team. They've only got about twenty fans. We should be beating them, and it's never that easy against them. Mm. It's never that easy. They they've got a system, and you can laugh at the manager's voice all you want. It is quite high pitched and Ouija. but but he must get his message across in the changing room because they are knocked their pan in for him, mm. and. Uh, like they can play some decent football at times and they've got a cutting edge as well so it's not going to be an easy game no but no means it'll be an easy no, game and it's the thing you're going to there and played there many times but the last time we were there as well again they went down to 10 men and we had, we've got this curse just now that we're kind of doing nothing against 10 men yeah yeah it's not a curse Rondo it's just it's happening not, it's just bad games it's just it's normal. normal it's not a curse so what do we need to do differently on Wednesday we need to win apart from the obvious score more than them <laughs> And we'll be all right. That's what we need. You see the goals yesterday. I did see the goals. Yeah, like the Dundee defence didn't help themselves. The first goal, the three of them have just basically open invitation to the boy to walk through and and put it on a plate for his teammate in the box. And that was Alan Forrest that that was uh, running down the line there. On the other wing, they've got the guy Nubley. Was he's quite a good player as well. So uh, they're going to present us with a lot of problems, uh, regardless of how well that we are defending. Uh, but it's that's that's no overly concerning. It's mere us going forward. Like we, if, if we're going to be missing Dylan Levitt, which I think we probably will be, maybe for a few games if he's done his hamstringing, then creating things is going to be an issue for us. Because why else? Why else can create when he's not in the team? Mm. Do we leave that to Harks? Maybe no. Butcher certainly no. Kevin McDonald. I don't think that's his his strength either. So it, it could be quite problematic. Maybe Nicky Clark comes back in, but. I don't think that's his, his I best. I can't we've moved on, obviously, speaking about the game. You've made a good point, and that does happen from time to time. Uh, it's like... Brick. <laughs> when Dylan Levitt went off, obviously, it was, it was all... When you saw he was struggling, I don't know if you did this, but the first thing you think is, what's coming on? Mm-hmm. And what we're going to do? And obviously, he brought Carl Butcher on, and it just felt, well, right, OK, fair enough, but why are we getting up that... That, that gaps Hart's yeah. kind of the other run and he does a hell of no. a lot of run but he kind of the other no I, so. well, I think the decision was either it was either Butcher or Mochre and like as much as we might like Mochre but like we've always sang his praises you, you just it's probably a bit of a gamble whereas it was maybe like a safer pair of hands to put Butcher on and just maybe had what we had for the draw that we that we had at that point uh, yeah it wasn't the most positive substitution but then if you were happy enough just to get a point out of the game then it worked 
Mm. Are you on your way to the spaghetti had on Wednesday? I am. Yep. Yep. There'll be five away in the car. So I'm looking forward to it. Dad, uh, you're on the pairs again. Uh, as always. As oh, always. Okay. We always. didn't hear that conversation. Always. I'm having my second away day of the season. Nice one. Going to Livingston. Uh, I, Ken, the only reason I'm going, right? Because it's no, because it's Livingston. Claire's allowed it. Right? No, no, it's no that. No. It's, even, it's even better. She might not want to listen to this, but apparently the deal is me and Martin get to sit either side of two handed Sue. Oh. Now, you mark that what you will. Well. But there are <laughs> nicknames to be lived up to. <laughs> Especially if the game's shite. That's just in the car. <laughs> What's driving? Andrew. <laughs> He's probably dodgy filming it or something. But, uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going on like that. But uh, just because we're among friends here, uh, and I wasn't going to mention it, eh, but Martin could shout this out if he wants. What have you bought your ticket for on Wednesday, Martin? <laughs> now, when I went on the register, it only allowed me the way end. So mm. I says to him, what seat are you in? He's like, oh, I'm in, say it's F56 or whatever. I was like, right, okay, go and find it. So I was trying to do it on my phone. It was about a pain in the arse. So I was trying to get along to the section. And I was like, right, F, right, 80, right, move along, move along. So F, 54, 50, so whatever I said. And I'm like, I can still bear that seat. I was like, I can't be. I said, you sure? I am definitely in that seat. What section are you in? I said, I'm in A3. So I'm looking at it. I'm like, it's not letting me bear a seat in A3. And it's like, uh, that's the home end. Eh? Yeah. So I then asked, was he already six pints deep yesterday or whatever else? But yeah. I'm not sure what he's done, but... He's made a right null hunt of it. No, no but it might, we can turn it into a positive because if he gets near the boy with the drum, then <laughs> that could be neutralised instantly. Boot his arse so <laughs> far out that ground. Mark, mark him where the drum. Drums need to be banned, eh? They do. Especially yeah, they're an absolute shocker. So Martin's going behind enemy lines to deal with that. Yes, good on him. Uh, and then obviously Hearts. Uh, and you, you've kind of said, I think you said up, maybe you said it publicly, I'm not sure. Going to be tough to catch hearts up yeah. in third but they've seemed to have had a bit of, I know they got a win yesterday but they've been a wee bit out of form as well as have missed teams for third to 10, 11, 12 or whatever you want to say yeah we've not had much luck again, or not much luck but much uh, we've not been good against them this season like they beat us 2-0 at Tanadice and it was probably me and Crichton's fault we jinxed the pitch by walking on it before the game and then through at Tynecastle we got a bit of a doing when it was 5-2 on the day Something you turned up and now the young team didn't appear and not fuck at you. I think so. Uh, uh, that's happened on a couple of occasions now through there. <laughs> follow it. So it's not going to be any. It's not going to be two easy games this week. Uh, hearts will be difficult because I think Nielsen kens us inside out, and Livy are just Livy. There's just no many good games when United play Livy. So we hope for the best. Aye. So that's back at home, obviously. So we'll see how that goes for this week. Now, there's obviously a statement that came out on Friday that I was hoping we'd wait until the morning, that we didn't need to speak about it. Uh, but the Scottish Cup, obviously, the draw come around and we're waiting on the Ugly Sisters, how they're going to do in, uh, in Europe and all that. And obviously, it's then went to Premier Sports, picked their game, so right away you knew it was going to be a, well, it's a, set, a Sunday afternoon and a, a Monday night, and then we... One team getting through somehow and the other team getting popped out. We knew it was going to be a Monday. Before we really get into it, Monday night football used to be a thing doing in England. Up here, I'm no for it. It's naked. It's naked. No, and you've got to, if, if you're insistent on playing on a Monday night, the ticket prices here to be a wee bit lower. 
They really do. I mean, it's live on TV. So, and, and it's 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 against Celtic, who for the last umpteen years United have not done very well against. Uh, it's not an impossible task to get past them, obviously, but it's, like recent history doesn't say that we're going to fare very well against them. So it was disappointing on a number of levels. Disappointing to get them in the cup. Disappointing that it's on a Monday night, and disappointing that the ticket prices are quite high. Because, mm. like you say, we you're a took kind of empty, but them getting there. I get you probably need to beat them at some point, mm -hmm. but or hope uh, somebody does it for you. Or somebody does it for you, yeah. So uh, it's in them. It's going to be really frustrating. But were you, I don't know, frustrated as well for everything that's coming out, or it's the, the way, or how it's had to be priced and what it's getting. We'll get. We've got a wee bit to add to that in a second. But what were your thoughts when you first seen it? Well, everybody jumped on the bandwagon. I think. Hibs and Motherwell came out a couple of days before and yep. like their their prices was at £15, £20, £15? Something like that, yeah. So, the, so people were jumping on that thinking that would be great if we could have the same. Uh, but that was never going to happen. Celtic know that they can charge 30, 40, 50 quid or something and they would still sell every ticket that was on sale. That's just how big a club they are, I guess. Uh, but for, for United fans, like £27 on a Monday night is a, it's a big ask. It's a really big ask. But then the club think that charging £30 for an, a normal league game against Celtic or Dundee or the Rangers or mm. whatever else is the category is, is acceptable. Which to me it is now. I think it should be a lot cheaper. But it's unfortunate. I kind of see... And, and I, don't, I don't think you mentioned it, but we've obviously kept the shed for ourselves. Uh, now in a perfect world, you obviously you, you do. You fill both behind the goals and a bit of the George Fox if you can. I'd, I'd be very surprised if we had a big crowd at that game. I mean, look, when we, when we got Hibs in the, the League Cup, was that the quarter-final stage that we, we played them at? The last 16, something like that. And the crowd was fairly stinking for that as well, numbers-wise. Uh, and I could see it being on a par with that, mm. unfortunately. Aye, which is disappointing. Um, on the back of that, uh, God knows why, but we managed, we actually, this is generally not a wind-up, actually. We spoke to the chairman this afternoon, and this is basically what he had to say. So we're delighted to be joined right now by the chairman. Chairman, thanks very much for giving up a bit of your time on a, a Sunday afternoon to, to chat to us. Um, how has it been being back? Has it been good? It's been great. Yeah, it was uh, actually October was the last time I was here. And then, uh, you know, with the holidays and then kind of COVID coming back again um, with that new strain kind of caused us some delay. But I tell people, and it's, it's absolutely true, as soon as I hit the ground over here, it's it feels like I haven't left at all. Um, it's just great. People are always so welcoming, and it's just it's enjoyable to be here. Yeah, busy, really busy. Always have a full schedule, but that's what I'm here for. I love it. Yeah, and I know it's obviously it's been well uh, documented with the problems you had getting across. I mean, yeah. how hard is it for a chairman to to run a football club the other side of the world when COVID sort of stopped you getting here? We will get yeah. to that, by the way. Yeah, you know, it's it's, it's not that difficult actually with with Zoom and you know, cell phones and texts and things like that. I mean, we've got great people here um, that run the club. So I have full faith in them and they're doing a great job for us. And I'm, I'm pretty much available whenever they need me, but the day-to-day -day operations, I just leave to them. Yeah. And uh, you've managed to take in a couple of games as well. You were at the yeah. Tanadikes last week. You were at Pataudry yesterday. How was it? Oh, it was great. It was the first time I'd been there. Got a chance to meet Sir Alex Ferguson um, uh, that was that was certainly a treat and full house 
Um, their way support was phenomenal, just phenomenal. Um, too bad we couldn't pull it off, but I guess we'll take a point away at Aberdeen. Can't be too disappointed in it. You know, no, no, what no about uh, last week against Rangers at our place? Jeez, oh, I thought we were going to nip another one from them. Last time, I was, or the first time I was here for the season, I, I was at that one nil game and thought maybe we were going to do it again. But again, um, I'm more than satisfied with the point from that match. Yeah, and uh, pretty happy with how the season's going so far? I am, I am. I, I think uh, I've obviously started out tremendous. Um, and, you know, just you got to calm your, you know, your expectations, I guess. Um, and, you know, it's it's going to be somewhat of a roller coaster every year. You know, you're not going to win all the games and certainly not going to lose all the games. So you just have to kind of manage that as the year goes. And obviously we took a dip there that had um, – our fans is concerned, but you know, if you really look back at it, we just, we were decimated with COVID and injuries and now we're, you know, we're fully healthy again and, and we're starting to see the form come back and we're, we're on a pretty good run right now. Mm. The, talking about the expectations, it was myself and Ronnie that had our passports looked out and dusted off. So uh, if there was two people getting carried away, it was me and Ronnie. And then obviously <laughs> the, we had a dip in forum, but, but when you look at the league table, uh, out with Rangers, Celtic and Hearts, pretty much every team's went on like a, a, a fairly poor run of form as well. Yes. Uh, so we're no, we're no different to them. Uh, but the expectations are starting to rise again, I've got to be honest. So my passport, I now know exactly where it is. And I, I'm, it's always within reach. That's all I can say. So I'm looking forward to travelling in the summer to follow the team. Yeah. It's got my heart cool. Obviously, on Friday... The club put out a statement after we were waiting on the date for the Scottish Cup because we were into the quarterfinals. Drawn, of course, in a home tie against Celtic, which, let's be honest, it's the game, as fans, we all want to avoid. You know, you want to try and get your place into the semi-final. But what's the club's viewpoint then on on the whole ticket and pricing, stands that are getting used in the game, and it's on a Monday night as well? Yeah, the, the, the Monday night fixture date is, uh, you know, it's certainly not ideal. Um, but when we were contacting both, both clubs have to agree on ticket price and, um, we wanted the ticket price to be lower than what Celtic did. They weren't going to go for anything less than 27 pounds. And if we don't agree, then it automatically goes to 30 pounds, which, which obviously would be the worst case scenario for our fans. And we've been hearing a lot from our fans about, you know, let's keep the shed, you know, that gives us, um, you know, it's, it's a lot more fun for the fans that to, to have the shed and, and, but financially that's a risk to us because pretty much any uh, ticket massively. that we, we give Celtic, they'd buy. Mm. So we decided let, let's test that. Let's just see if the fans can come out and we can fill the shed. And, um, and again, obviously Monday's not the ideal situation for us um, for fan travel and just, fan attendance, but we'd like to appeal to the fans to, to try to get us as much support as possible coming in and give us the best chance to win. And so we're going to go with that. I mean, Celtic is still going to get between 35 and 4,000 uh, away tickets, which is significantly more than what we get when we go to Celtic Park. And I'm still, yeah. still, I'm still irritated on the fact that the, the first match at Celtic Park this year that I was at, the, the team played phenomenal. And, um, and, and they shut us out of, of our fans out of that game. And 
I thought that was ridiculous. But I mean, we're not doing this to irritate Celtic. We're doing it to to enhance our our fans and give our fans a chance to to come in in big numbers, and we hope they will. And like I say, I mentioned that, that it's, it's a game that you want to avoid, not just because it's it's going to be a tough game on paper, of course, but you, you've seen it with other games in the in the quarterfinals, you know, £15, £18, you know, clubs can agree on that, and that's the big thing. And if they're saying, you know, they can sell out, you give us a 1,000, we'll sell it, you give us 10,000, they would sell it, and they're just kind of trying to play hardball, with, with yeah. even on our patch. Yeah, maybe. Maybe they're just kind of, you know, calling our bluff and saying, "Hey, you know that maybe we, that we'd say, okay, that's if it's going to be twenty-seven pounds, we'll never sell, so we'll give them, we'll give them the shed." But now we're we're determined to move forward with our original plans. Mm. And how keen an advantage it is as well to have the three sides with United fans in it. Absolutely, absolutely. Hopefully, it'll be a great atmosphere. How important is is it for the players in the club to have the backing, especially on a Monday night, especially against Celtic, but? That carrot is dangling at the semi-finals, 90, possibly 120 minutes in extra time uh, and penalties away from us. It, it, it's big. I mean, it, particularly behind the goals. I mean, that's where that's where you can affect the play more more than anything. So we might as well take advantage of of this opportunity and just, you know, see what happens. But yeah, the 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 players have said and the, the coaching staff, I mean, everybody at the club is saying, what great support we've been having this year um, away for sure. And I'm hoping, you know, with a Scottish cup, we haven't had a Scottish cup match at home for quite some time that the fans have been able to attend. I'm hoping that we're going to, uh, we're going to see a, a, a lot bigger support this time. Yeah. Especially on the back of that last season, being at Hamden uh, with no fans as well, which yeah. was devastating for us all watching from home. Absolutely. Absolutely. Paul, you've been part of their home and away support this season uh, you obviously know the support that the, player, the, the, the fans are giving the players but the players are giving us something to shout about at times now we're back on that run just to have 1500 I think it was uh, United fans back in the team from start to finish it's uh, it's some of, some of my favourite times there's absolutely no doubt about that I hear that a lot and yeah there, there were only 1500 but I mean, it was uh, you guys were loud throughout and mm. We really appreciate that support. Do you know when your next trip is? Do you do you have an idea I, of what games you're coming back for, or no, what would you I'm, like I'm, to be well, back for? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to wait until the, uh, the 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 last six are announced, and then um, and then plan around. So I, I will be back before the end of the season for sure. Yeah, and the top six, of course. Of course, <laughs> of course. <laughs> before we let you go, Chairman, um, what is your message then to the fans right now? Well, I just thanks for your support. Keep it up. Um, that that Scottish Cup quarterfinal against uh, Celtic is going to be really key for us, and hope you're excited. Like we're excited about it, and and encourage everybody to buy a ticket and come out and support our club. No, we appreciate that. Listen, thanks very much for your time before heading back to the states. We don't want to keep you too long. Hopefully, we can sit down for a bit of a longer chat next time. Uh, you're back in that top six when we're hopefully going to Hamden again and, and getting that that place up there and. We'll have our passports ready. Don't worry. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I listen, I listen to your podcast a lot, so I appreciate what you do. I bet he does not. Nah, he does not. <laughs> no chance. No chance. Um, so, yeah, that kind of came out a bit of the blue to to speak to the chairman. Um, today was nice enough to give up some time and obviously told us what 
the we kind of knew anyway, given the fallout for the statement and whatever else. But it's it's shite when you come up against the big teams because, like like you said, we said he said it, and everyone says that they could sell out whatever you want to give them. You know, does it then just come down to it might cost a bit of money, and it's more a sporting decision than actually we're not going to bend over for you, and you can have like six, seven, eight thousand or whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, ultimately it will cost the club money because Celtic would have filled whatever we give them if we had a we normally give them the shed they would have filled it there's no doubt about that whatsoever regardless of what day of the week it's on uh, but the club have took the decision that they, they want to give the team the best possible chance uh, and they feel that that's hen united fans on three sides of the ground uh, i'll argue it's get the players on the pitch pulling in the same direction and maybe creating some chances and actually tacking them uh, but it's it's a gamble it's a gamble the club are taking maybe the Maybe the view that the money that they'll get from the TV offsetting the fact that they'll not get money from away fans in the shed if we didn't fill it, which obviously as a United fan you want to fill the shed, but I'd, I'd be very surprised if we do. Are you hovering an away day to a different stand that evening? I'll wait and see what I get to tell. Correct. Where am I going? She's not going. Uh, I'll wait and see. <laughs> going to the shed? When was the last time you were in the shed? Nah, the shed's, the shed's great. But it's the coldest end in Scottish football, so no. When was the last time you'd have been in the shed? I used to go in the shed when I was trying to get Leo into the football. So when he was around about two or three, because hardly anybody went and I would sit in the back row and a two-year-old's not really interested. So you just let him run about daft and annoy the stewards and hear the stewards come over and say, could you get your bear to sit down? No. Uh, so it was a good few years ago now. Did you mind at Arbroath when I had the Bovril? It wasn't good and you wanted to volley it on the pitch? Uh, and you tell him, eh? I was like, you can't be volleying Bovril's on the pitch, buddy. Rob Douglas is there. That's, that's a mere the reason, because Rob Douglas is not going to hit the Bairn, is he? He's going to turn around and see the Bairn's old man. Rob his boss. <laughs> exactly, I wasn't needing that. I hope he does. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think that's the argument's going to go back and forward, and hopefully people will come out and say, Monday night's going to end this on the telly as well, but yeah. it is what it is, I suppose is what I'm saying. It is. Right, ladies and gentlemen, strap yourself in. It's time for the loan report. <laughs> You're a prick. Anyway. See, look, it's people who are only here for the loan report. Look, they've got signs in hand. Magic. Only here for the loan report. You'd be so going to the bar just now. You'd be so going to the bar. <laughs> okay, the loan report this week. We start with Mark Connolly at Dundalk. Big Mark Connolly and his Lily Whites headed for Daily Mount Park last Friday where they would take on Bohemians. It was to, be, it was to prove to be a tough night for his Dundalk side as they could only manage a deserved draw. They trailed 2-1 at half-time with the second Bohemians goal taking a deflection off of Connolly and leaving the keeper with no chance. As the game moved into the second half, Dundalk equalised and then had chances to take the lead. The last chance of the match, however, would fall to big Connolly, but he just couldn't get enough on his header and the game would finish 2-all. Trevor Carson at Morecambe. After last week's postponement, Big Trev it was found it to be an eventful week down at Morecambe. His manager, Stephen Robinson, headed for Paisley, and he also had two games to play. The first of these games was last Tuesday as he travelled to Rotherham to play the team that are top of the league. Given that Morecambe aren't very good this season, it won't surprise you to hear that although he got a full 90 minutes, his team lost 2-0. On a Saturday, and it was back home to the Mazuma Stadium to play Ipswich. 
Trevor was once again between the sticks, and once again it was a game that they didn't win. The game finished one all with Ipswich getting their goal in the 87th minute, but Morecambe do have Trevor to thank after he made a great save in the last minute to earn his side a point. Declan Glass at Kilmarnock. Deco headed to Dunfermline on Saturday, where he was hoping to get some more minutes under his belt after not seeing much action during his loan spell so far. Unfortunately for the lad, he was back on the bench and only got on for the, pa for the last 14 minutes of the match. In what was a dire game of football, the only chances of note in the game were an Effie Ambrose shot hitting the bar and Deco himself coming close from distance near the end. There's a shock. Deco here in a, a long ranger. Land the car park. <laughs> the, the match finished nil-nil and it was a result that kept Kelly joint top with Arbroath. Logan Chalmers at Inversnecke. Inversnecke travelled to Hamilton on Friday where they were looking to end their long winless run. Logan was unfortunately not in the squad however, so I really couldn't care less that the game finished one all, meaning that the Highlanders haven't won in 10 games now. Kai Fotheringham at Cove Rangers. Kai has again had to make do with a place on the bench for Cove as they travel to an absolutely horrible place to play football, Aloha. By the 19th minute of this match, Cove were trailing 2-0 and were really up against it. Things were going awfully well for Aloha until the 62nd minute when they went down to 10 men. Three minutes later, Kai came on. Now obviously I wasn't at the game and I've only read up on it, but my interpretation of events is that Kai has come on and helped his team rescue a point. Cove did have to wait until the 82nd minute to get on the score sheet, however, when ex-United man Ola Adeyemo, mind him? I do. Wasn't it great? Nope. Wasn't it great? Move on. He notched, and then six minutes later, Rory McAllister has earned the league leaders a point. Man of the match? Kai Fotheringham. Darren Watson at East Fife. Darren and his East Fife pals have made their way to the Falkirk Stadium on Saturday, where they were at play against a team that has been utterly piss poor this season. Darren started this one on the right-hand side of midfield again and by half-time has gotten himself an assist. In the 25th minute, he set up a teammate to equalise and it would stay one all until half-time. The second half was a bit of a non-event, with Darren himself being withdrawn in the 71st minute, but the last six minutes of the match were incident-packed with five bookings, two goals and a penalty. Ex-United man Paul Watson scored in the last minute to give Falkirk a 2-1 lead. I'm pretty sure it's the ex-United man Paul Watson. I hope it is. Well, the other, the other employees were Sean Dillon, so... So it's definitely him then. And in the 94th minute, a guy that looks like a thumb and recently played for the Dirty D's <laughs> scored a penalty to win the game 3-1 for the Bairns. Flynn Duffy at Peterhead. Last Tuesday, Flynn played the full 90 minutes as his Peterhead side put in an excellent performance away to Falkirk but could only come away with a point. Flynn played the full 90 at right back and did not look out of place, creating patterns of play and using the ball very well. He also had a, ma a minor ding-dong with pantomime buddy Lee Griffiths as he was shielding the ball back to his keeper at one stage. This annoyed Mr Griffiths enough for him to push Flynn over the top of his keeper and the pair went head-to-head -head after this. I'm led to believe Griffiths kicked his pants. <laughs> Most of Peterhead's attacking play came from Flynn's side of the park on the night and he also unleashed a raker of a shot late in the game that grazed the bar. The game would finish one all. Flynn would continue his run in the team on Saturday when Dumbarton were the visitors up in Peterhead. It was supposed to be a battle of two young United loan players as Adam Hutchison is currently at Dumbarton, but he was an unused sub on the day. It was a lively match from the get-go and Flynn has gotten himself an assist in three minutes. 
His quick throw took out three Dumbarton defenders and Hamish Ritchie ran on to open the scoring for the Blue Tuners. Ten minutes later, Flynn came close to setting up another, but this time his teammate Ritchie couldn't convert. By half-time, though, Peterhead were 3-0 up and Dumbarton were down to ten men, as podcast pal Paul Payton had seen red for two bookable offences. Most would have reckoned that was game over, but Dumbarton had other ideas, Rondo. By the 78th minute, they had managed to claw their way back into the game and were only trailing by three goals to two, despite having only ten men. Disaster would strike though, as in the 84th minute, they had another player sent off, and just three minutes later, Peterhead scored their fourth of the day. The nine men of Dumbarton did, somehow, manage to get another goal back after that, but it was too little too late, and the game would finish 4-3 to Peterhead. For Flynn, it was another solid and productive 90 minutes, and of the 22 games that he's been on loan at Peterhead, he has started 21 of them. Great for the lads' development, and United will hopefully reap the benefits of that next season when he returns to Tannadice. Leighton Bisland at Brecon City. The Fintry Shams top boy, Leighton Bisland, has found himself on the bench yesterday as his Brecon side travelled up to Huntley. At the scene where Jim McLean once told United fans to calm down, it was to be an easy win for Brecon. Leighton himself came on midway through the second half with a score 2-0 to Brecon at that point. By full time, they had run out 3-0 winners. Jack Newman and Reese Caves at Spartans. Friday night saw youngsters Jack Newman and Reese Caves head for East Stirling. Both started the match and both played the full 90 minutes, but that was the only thing I note to report on that game as it was apparently a stinker and it was nothing's up. Sean Brown at Cumbernauld Colts. Sean is still out with an injury unfortunately, so he was unable to play any part in his Cumbernauld Colts great 1-0 victory over Berwick Rangers. Rory Adams at Lothian Thistle Hutchie Vale. Rory was back in between the sticks for his Hutchie Vale side as they fished off against a side near the top of the league, Tranent. It was to be a tough match for him, with Rory comfortably being the busier of the two keepers on the park, and although he had an outstanding game, he couldn't stop his side going down 1-0 on the day. Great to see him back fit and well, though. The women's team. Last weekend, the ladies hosted Kilmarnock at home, and it was a top-class performance that saw them claim the three points. Podcast pal Danny McGinley bagged a first-half brace, and Chloe Clemison and Jade McLaren also got on the score sheet to give United a 4-0 lead by half-time. Just 48 seconds into the second half and the lead was five. Danny McGinley had a shot parried by the Killy keeper and Rebecca Foote was on hand to fire home the rebound. <laughs> Killy would notch a consolation from the penalty spot in the 78th minute, but the five-goal lead was restored just three minutes from time when Rebecca McMillan rose highest to head past the keeper. The final score was 6-1. It was a result that saw the ladies move 12 points clear at the top of the table with just 10 games left. The team didn't have a game today as we are recording this, but they are at home on Wednesday, albeit up in Blair Gowrie, where they will take on Borough Muir Thistle. An easy win is predicted by myself for that in Rondo. And that's your lot. <laughs> Guess what? It's back for one night only. Right, so who am I is back for one night only, or guess who if you're Martin, whatever you want to call it. Uh, so thank you very much to those who delved in and slid into those DMs and wanted to play. Uh, Alex Mannion has picked the players and set the clues. I've got nothing to do with this, Paul. And I mean nothing to do with this, That's right? Fine. I'm just reading them. 
Uh, there's a Toad Fox podcast goodie bag up for grabs. So if you, what we're going for, you've got to get how many points for him not to win it and he needs to get the naked picture of you. What we're going for? I mean, uh, if I get one point, I'll be amazed. Right, okay, fine. Well, that's, what, that's the standard we're at, right? So clue number one. This player was a regular in United's reserves and had to wait nearly two years before making his competitive debut against Dunfermline before then making his first appearance for his under-21 international team the same year. I mean, are you, have you got any thoughts right now? Yeah, I've got a name. You've got a name? I've got a name, oh. yeah. See if you get five points, that's uh, Alex is out. That's out. I got a naked picture of him. No again. Right. Different angle. Buddy Connolly. Locking in. I'm locking in. <laughs> you ready for clue number two? Yes. This player was at United for seven years, but went on to play for four other clubs in Scotland, including the mighty Clyde Bank and Aloha. Deep in thought there, Paul. I mean, is there any, is anything jumping out? I mean, you've not played this in a long time, eh? No, nothing's jumping out anywhere. Okay. Barry Conley, your only guess. That's where you were at. That was it. Clyde Bank. The mighty Clyde Bank. Right, four points. Who do you think it is? Alan Irvin. Oh, you probably don't even can where he is. It's, it's, it's so close. It's no near. Right, clue number three. Mm -hmm. He played for his international under-21 team six times. Made, making his debut against the USA in the Toulon tournament, but never made it to senior level. Now, that's a shite clue. I'll give you that. For three points? That's the worst three-point clue I've ever I had. never made the clues. This man wants to avoid that naked picture. And given what I've seen on somebody's phone in this audience, I'm glad. <laughs> uh, oh, sorry, I never actually... Uh, never Give you more time. Three points. Come on. You've not even said Scottish international, have you? No, I've not. But it might be. Thompson played for Alloa. <laughs> right, come on now. Right, two points. Two points. Come on, it's happening. This player was transferred from United for a reported £100,000. He spent the next three years in England before moving back to Scotland where he would end his career at Brecon City. Okay. Ready? I've got a name. 
but I've just to, so that people don't walk out and go him. Right. Uh, Grant Johnson. Grant Johnson, locking in. I'm locking in. So I've got. For two points. So I've got. Grant Johnson, you want to have a guess at appearances? How many you had? Uh, just do it 100 for United. 101 and 11 goals. Just do it 100. That's not the end of it, we'll get there. Uh, right, uh, Tales from Tandy Street is in its final print run. You can go to the dusf.scot forward slash nutmeg to order yours. Uh, the Sports Foundation have raised over £230,000 for the club. Charities and fans, projects, you can get the details online. DUSF.scot forward slash pledge and you could be united and join the foundation. United Futures Lottery Jackpot, by the way, Paul. Much. £2,000. It's not been won again. Could do with that. Yeah. Friday, you could win. Get on unitedlottery.co.uk. Uh, all the proceeds go to support our academy and the elite 50 50 match day draw is back on Saturday. If I was to hand you £2,000 right now, what would you do? Probably. Probably go back to London. Uh, why not? I asked you that earlier, and you said we'd be right doing private eyes. <laughs> <laughs> you should go to the Black Orchid in New York. It's much better. Uh, anyway, time for this. So again, we are out into the audience for our player tonight. I have again had nothing to do with this. I've no, I've not picked any players or anything, right? So, Richie Rockefeller has picked the players this week. Uh, <laughs> Where is he? Where is he? There he is. Uh, he's up there. He's up the bar. I see him. I see him. He's in with it. He's in the. He's in the bar. But. So cheap, cheap seats. Same same rules apply. Okay. Right now you've not got a pen or paper here. Yeah, I've totally blew it. I mean, I've got, I've got, got, a, I've a, got a phone. I've got a phone. There you go. You type them in. Just gonna be on Arab Archive, right? I like you. Notes, lad. Cheesy peeps. There's a lack of trust on this stage. I'm just wondering why they belong to this phone. Anyway. Uh, right, so, uh, five players. Uh, what are you going for? What would you like? What, again, is the quote? You're going five. Yeah. Five out of five. Yeah. Again, you lose. Naked photo. Of Richie Rockefeller. It can work both ways. I don't care. I've got that sounded enough. completely wrong, mate. <laughs> Well, I'll take your phone, you take mine. <laughs> Let's just play the game. Hello. Let's just play the game. Right, okay. Ready for your players? Let's do it. The GOAT, Dave Neri. Neri. Hero. Helen's lad. Duncan <laughs> Ferguson. Fergie. Mm hmm. Joe Miller. Oh. Eh? <laughs> Joe Miller. Stinking. Big, beautiful Rashid Buhena. Rashid, he didn't play many. And Stephen Robb. Uh, okay. Right, Ray what's your numbers? Uh, numbers. What are the numbers? 30. Mm -hmm. 31. Oh, come on. 33. <laughs> 35. <laughs> and 36. What an absolute shite house. Right. So Dave Neri, Duncan Ferguson, Joe Miller, Rashi Berna, Stephen Robb. Uh, I mean, is this where you try to work out, is it appearances? Is it goals? Are they any good? Why the hell's Joe Miller? Uh, you know, what are you thinking right now? It's going to be goals 
for Neri and Duncan Ferguson, I think. The rest are appearances. You're, you're they, telling me Stephen Robb didn't score 35 goals. Right. I'll no, I'll no milk this tonight, seeing as we've been kind enough, or fortunate enough, sorry, to get people in. I've wrote 34 down there. It's oh. 34. Davy Neri scored a lot of goals, eh? That's up for you to decide. I'm telling you. Right, okay. Right. Oh, he's going, he's going in, he's going in. Right, let's D go. Davy Neri. Yep. Scored 31 goals. Okay. Big dunk. 30. I'm assuming yeah. that's goals. Uh, <laughs> my phone has auto-corrected Joe Miller to Joe Muller. So, Joe Muller played 35 times. Okay. Rashid Buena, 33. Stephen Robb, 36. All right. Five out of five. Five out of five. How confident are you? No very. All right. So, Dave Neri played... 872 times. Yeah. Hero. 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 He scored, I'll give you a clue, it's in the 30s. Wow. It's 36 oh. goals. That's a lot of goals. That's a lot oh. of goals. Been through this though, like the average when you break it down, it's probably not that many. Yeah. Scored against Brazil as well. Duncan Ferguson. Played 88 games. He scored, it's in the 30s, 35 goals. Brilliant. I'm going to get a big fat zero here, am I, Richie? <laughs> Joe Miller scored two goals. Ah, stinging. In 33 games. Oh, my goodness. Okay. That leaves us with Rashid Bihena. I thought a shocker. Uh, Rashid Ben and Stephen Robb both of them scored one goal uh, Rashid Ben has scored, uh, played 31 times Stephen Robb 30 that is a big fat zero for Mr McNichol which means uh, we'll give both the prizes Richie can win one for games of goals Alex will win one for who am I so well done to them Stingin just between you and me that was pretty shy, eh? Like, well, he goes know. on about it every week that your numbers are garbage. No, I'm wrong with the clues. Eh? I see nothing wrong with the clues. They were stinking. They were. They were terrible. Thank God no points were up, up for grabs. I should have done that. I should have taken <laughs> no, double you should, points tonight. Yeah. No. Should have. That's the only way you'll catch us. Uh, to be fair, it is. Uh, right, on this day in association with the Arab Archive, preserving the history of Dundee United Football Club since 2006. Uh, 28th of February is a folks today. One game. And uh, I'll do you one birthday as well, right? Crackers. First one's 2014, and I'll just say, there's two players getting mentioned here that we'll no doubt talk about in the second half when Sean Dillon's here. After 20 minutes of football at Easter Road, Nadir Chiefji had missed a penalty, but he made amends 20 minutes later, cut into the box, fired United ahead. Just three minutes later, Hibs equalised, and we went and won all at half-time. In the second half, a corner for GMS was headed home at the back post by the best player the SPL has ever seen, Gav Gunnan. Yeah, in his own mind, he was the best player that the SPL To make it 2-1. Uh, United won a second penalty, just like the first. We missed it. GMS put it over the bar, but the points were wrapped up. Eight minutes to go. Uh, Mackay Stephen released Robertson doing the left. He stuck the ban, and uh, Fareed El Alagi turned the ball past Williams, made it 3-1 United. Job done. We move on. 
some of these birthdays that we have, we just mentioned them purely for comedic effect. Mm -hmm. Here's another one. Our birthday boy was used frequently at centre-half under both Peter Houston and Jackie McNamara. However, in July 2013, after 34 appearances and one goal, it was agreed he would leave the club by mutual consent. He signed for Ross County. Happy 37th birthday today to Brian McLean. The best thing about us hearing him on the books was that we never got refereed phase, brother. <laughs> that was the best thing he'd done for us. He, he did score against Dundee, I take it back. He so did? He did score against but that's, Dundee. I mean, that's expected now, is that? Well, sorry, on? Jim. That's kind of... So Brian McLean, he wasn't great, though, was he? Stinking. He wasn't great. 37 as well. I thought Sean, Sean will stick up for him. Probably. Guaranteed. Best Defenders, mates. Eh? That's what they do. Best mates. That's what they do. Ah, bezies. Uh, right, that is it for the first half of this absolute complete nonsense. Uh, go get yourself a drink, a pee, a poo, whatever you need today, and we'll see you back here in 15 minutes. This is the Dowd Fox Podcast, live. Okay, right, we'll just crack on. There's my T-shirt for the second half. And... <laughs> 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 Your dad wasn't coming tonight. <laughs> to be brutally honest, I've no fucking idea what got said. <laughs> he, he hopes that, that there's none of you. Oh, no chance. chance. Paul's never looked so big. You're Sean. <laughs> right. There we go. Aye. So this is this part. Oh, it's never really going to be too smooth, really. Apart from when somebody comes out and looks at a muscle and and he's tight fit and t-shirt and. And else is happening. So Burns jeans. <laughs> uh, right, yeah. Let's just uh, crack on and uh, see how this sounds on when it goes out. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage, Mr. Sean Dillon. <laughs> um, your mic's there, Sean. Uh, what, what's more questionable is uh, how how was that all right to play that music, or is it? Uh, is, I know? don't give a shit, pal. Fuck, look at the T-shirt you have on you, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Damn right. There you go. Uh, uh, Sean, it's nice to have you back. Um, of course, the first time we were trying to do this on the 9th of January. It would have been exactly a year since you'd been on, and it would have been 15 years since you'd signed for United, uh, which would have been quite nice. But we're here now. We've finally got around to it, and I uh, appreciate you giving up a ticket to go to Bobby Lynn's testimonial dinner. I'll be here. There you go, buddy. Yeah. Pleasure to be back. Um, 12 months or so on. People still haven't got through the first podcast, so. <laughs> I hope you have a fucking sleeping bag with you tonight. <laughs> Uh, the big thing is we are kind of against the clock so we'll just bash on fuck that <laughs> don't uh, tell me I need to go home early come on let's go the, 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 kind of, the, the biggest thing that we missed out despite being speaking for four hours last time and your wife getting angry at you and us and everything else that was going on we never actually got around to speaking about you leaving United we kind of just glossed over it 
jumped on to Montrose and what you were up to and that. So that's what we have to cover uh, right now was you. We'll start on a sad bit or a, oh. a bit like that and then we could get to the questions. Um, how did it come about? What was it like? Can I get, paint a picture of that kind of time for you? That was horrible. Um, when you're at a club like that, like this for so long and um, you know that one day it'll come to an end but it's... That's not nice, not a nice feeling. Um, uh, I don't want to go into too much detail because, like I said, we will be here all night if I do. Um, but uh, yeah, I look, <clears throat> no grudges held, nothing like that. Um, but just the way it happened wasn't ideal. Um, I suppose there's no no good way of it happening, really. Um, but uh, yeah, um, I spoke to the manager kind of just after Christmas. Um, I wasn't really playing that much in. Uh, my opinion was that I should have been, you know, I felt I, I should have been playing and I suppose it, that's always going to be the case for me. But um, yeah, we had a chat about it and um, I just got the impression from, from the conversation, I'm sure he'll have his own words to, to, to put on it on his own side to put on it. But um, yeah, kind of, we had a chat about it and was like, look, probably better off heading off and looking at looking at other things and um and we spoke about it and that's what we done. I spoke to the club and I wanted to do it properly. Spoke to Joe Rice and we done an interview um, about the time at my club and it was really nice. I'd say I enjoyed it. And, um, and then within a week or two, we'd do another couple of conversations had been had and kind of completely changed um, the view on what was actually going to happen. So. Um, and yeah, that was as far as I was concerned. Then I, I kind of had it in my head that I would be, I would be staying, and we would have a chat about it, um, you know, near the end of the season and stuff. And and then um, obviously we didn't we didn't get promoted. Uh, I went in for a, a chat on the on the Monday, um, which again in my head probably um, stupidly thought it was going to be about you know having the app about the following season and stuff and. Um, and it wasn't so, and that was it. It was a bit of a, it was a bit of a shock. I have to be honest. Well, should I have seen it coming? Maybe. Um, but I suppose that just goes to show how much I wanted to stay. So, and that was it. Um, like I said, no grudges held. Um, did take a little bit of time to get my head around it. Um, but yeah, just one of them things, and that was it. And so. you, you go for being at a club for so long. And, you know, being a full-time footballer, full-time wage, all that kind of thing. And so how much of a change is it for you when it's like, well, I think I'm maybe renewing for whatever deal and then it's it's not there? Like, yeah, it was, it was odd. Um, I went on holiday, I think it was the, uh, the next day or the two days after that, I uh, went away on, on holiday. Willow was with us, him and his, his family as well. Uh, he just had his transplant done at the time. It was... Uh, <laughs> We'll get to him. Oh, was tough. We'll get to him. I, I felt so bad for him. It was really, yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, I went away on holiday. Uh, had a couple of phone calls, uh, arranged a couple of meetings, and yeah, listen, I look, I'm, I'm lucky. I've always been lucky. Always, always, always say that, you know. Um, but uh, generally speaking, it was the part-time clubs locally had, had got in touch, and um, and that was it. It was just a case of getting my head around 
doing something different. I love living here. Michelle loves being here. The kids, you know, born and raised here. So, you know, that was, I was keen to stay. I wasn't in a rush to go anywhere. Um, and that was it. So, yeah, it was, had a few phone calls on the holiday, up checking my phone every now and again. And um, it was a bit, un, a bit of an uncertain time and that, but um, just one of them things, isn't it? Happens every year. Mm. <laughs> There's worse days than that, like. And how much of a change was it going part-time? Did you then think, I'll need to do, get something else? Or was that when you maybe pushed on to do more coaching? Oh, you, yeah, well, um, a fella called Billy Mitchell. So I, I'm, I do my own coaching now, um, but I'd worked for Skills and uh, they contacted me. So that was, that was the first meeting I had, um, was with Billy. Um, and I pretty much agreed to take the, take the job straight away. So I'd be coaching every afternoon after school stuff and it was in the summer holidays. So it was, I was doing the summer camp straight away and that got me head around that a little bit, kept me busy. Um, and then, yeah, I decided to go to Montrose and that was it. I'd been part-time before, I knew what it was like. Um, and yeah, I, look, I still don't know what I want to do myself. It's, I'm happy though. So that's the most important thing, you know. And how's it been at Montrose since you went? It's been all right. Yeah, I enjoy it. Yeah, good people there. Um, it's funny, everybody, every part-time club you speak to or anybody that's involved in part-time football uh, stakes a claim for being the best part-time club in the country. That's Everybody does it. Um, our brothers are still, uh, are certainly out there in front at the moment. But uh, yeah, it's been brilliant. <clears throat> Love my time there. Um, Four season, we won the league, got promoted. We've had playoffs since. Um, and I've been I've been part of the coaching staff since I went there. This is my fifth season. Uh, my current contract will take me up to a month or two off my fortieth. So I'm getting there. Nearly, nearly hit my target. Let's see. You got to play to forty or in the, your the, 40s? the target was always forty. So yeah, we'll see how it goes. And as long as you're still enjoying it. As long as somebody's willing to play me, pal, that's all. He's got to get selected. Enjoyment comes second. <laughs> and uh, one thing we mentioned about Montrose, uh, obviously you, you've had a good time of it, but there's been a lot of United loanies have been there, and obviously Chris Mockray just signed a new deal. You had him, was it last year and a bit of the year before? Yeah. Good player, eh? Super player. Um, yeah. Uh, anybody that's watched Chris will know how how special he is. Um, it's getting his opportunity and getting it consistently. Um, I think he needs games, a lot of games, more regularly. Easy for me to say, I'm not the manager. My head isn't on the, on the line, you know. Um, but uh, he's a fantastic player, great fella, lovely kid. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I'm sure we would take him back if we were, we were offered a chance, but Hopefully he will get more game time. Um, it is, it is a concern at times when you see boys going back and, you know, they're not getting the game time they need. But there's only eleven places every Saturday, and that's just the way it is. You have to bide your time sometimes. But yeah, it, it would be a concern for me the way, for the lack of time that he's had. But I would expect him to be, you know, certainly have a, a really bright future, um, providing he gets the opportunities. Mm -hmm. And uh, is the dressing room quiet at Montrose, given a latest arrival that we've heard about before? Midge, yeah, Michael Gardner. <laughs> Fucking hell. Anything, <coughs> anything happen? 
he's just come in and ran the dressing room from the off, basically. Yeah, he took over all the music during the day. Um, we've been giving him a bit of stick. He's in between at the moment. Um, we're moving. Uh, so he's missed a couple of training sessions. And, you know, most people you get on to, you'd give them a bit of stick and they'd kind of be a little bit embarrassed and not midge. <laughs> just tell you to fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I was busy. Well, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> he is a character, though. Eh? I mean, yeah, you've said that before when he was at United. Someone else. Yeah. Am I allowed to say whatever? <laughs> Wait till we stop recording. You can get the truth out of us then. But yeah. Nah, Midge was a great fella. Um, again, probably probably feels that he didn't get the time that he deserved on the pitch and for one reason or another. But um, super player. His record at Ross County is is incredible like you know lovely fella um somebody got on really well with still do uh, i've been trying to get him at uh, at montrose for a little while now and thankfully he's seen sense after his first few months uh within our uh, schnecke as you put it um but uh, yeah great fella great character just full of buzz and yeah, is, he, is he grown up nah no still nah, shining bins and wheelie bins uh, and ice baths and yeah, well, that's the ice bats wing. Like, we didn't have ice bats. We had wheelie bins. Um, and some of the lads would get in wearing shorts and some lads would get in wearing nothing. And some lads thought there was a difference and some would, wouldn't bother getting out to go to the toilet. And <laughs> Thankfully, it was only a number one, though. That's all right. <laughs> there you go. I've seen that as you got in. Um, uh, obviously, for characters, uh, we we've spoke to on the podcast when we're lucky enough. We always like to get stories about them, but to reverse it around, we've had a few your ex-teammates on since you've been on that uh, that have been great value, and you've told us a bit about them already. But you tell us a story the other day uh, when you lived with Noel Hunt. What did you guys used to do for entertainment? Uh, the Thursday nightclub. Thursday nightclub. Yeah, Thursday night. Um we're going back now to 07 that was a long time ago when I first moved over uh, the club put me in the Tay Craigan hotel and I lasted one night and um, Noel Hunt then says to me look you're going to come live with me and my dog was a husky um, and don't worry everything will be done for you because Avril and Jim across the road don't have enough to be doing for their, their three or four kids that they've got they'll do all our washing for us and our ironing and cook food and Sure enough, incredible family. Um, yeah, so on a Thursday night, we would go next door. Um, one of the lads was still at Dunfermline, and yeah, we got our darts. We, we ended up buying our, buying our own darts. We had walk-on tunes, and we thought we were playing. We thought we were the pros at the time, like, shy we were. Fucking <laughs> 501 to take you bleeding longer than me podcast to get down there. <laughs> Uh, got a little bit better since, but no nine darters, that's for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, that was the crack on Thursday What was, what was your walkout tune? Um, thunderstruck. Thunder, thunderstruck, I can. <laughs> yeah, thunder, thunderstruck was, was my walkout, yeah. And you all had walkout music, didn't you? Oh, we all like, had walkout yeah. music on our old Nokia phones. <laughs> Fucking £2.30 for, the, for a single song or something. <laughs> <laughs> Shite, man. <laughs> oh, it was terrible. Who was, no. the, who was the, the best player? Oh, we were all shy. <laughs> yeah. Scott Thompson used to come around. The guy that was uh, ex-captain at Dunfermline and 
the physio to come around and I had just great crack. And it, it kind of, we done it again. Um, we had it in Inch uh, One of the, the club got a house in Inch Andy Webster was living in it with Johnny Russell, Goodwillie, can't remember, Dave Robertson maybe spent a couple of nights every now and again. And myself, uh, Conway, John Daly, Granger. So Thursday night, the odd Thursday night now, we went to a phase where it was big deal, like, you know, everybody had their own flights and shamrocks on their flights and <laughs> fucking whatever else they were into. And it was good, good times. Yeah. Hunt is a character, isn't he? Hunt is a legend. We said it at the time when we spoke to him, like he was he was generally in like an M, the M6 services or something, just pulled over. I'm going to a game, lad, seven o'clock kick off. I'll speak to you if I, as long as I can. 6.45, he stopped and thought, I better go to this game now, eh? What's the scene about yeah. five minutes or <laughs> You know, what a man. Yeah, he'd do anything for you. Absolutely anything for you. He'd, uh, he'd even chase balls that he knew he wasn't getting just so he'd get around applause out the crowd. <laughs> He'd run time. up and go, oh, fucking, I nearly got that, and everybody'd applaud him and <laughs> fucking shy bag. <laughs> uh, <laughs> your debut. What was he up to on your debut? He got me a jersey, actually. He was full of chat that week. Uh, he was, uh, I don't know. He, he was yeah, he got on well with a lot of the boys, regardless of who what team they played for and um he loved blessing himself at Ibrox and taking off his jersey and showing all of his tattoos, all the crosses on his back and <laughs> all of that. But yeah, he got me uh, Chris Boyd's jersey after the game and him and Barry Ferguson walking over hand and arm around each other and they're having the crack and just got fucking pumped for you nil. <laughs> well he was that was just the way he was and to be fair, he came in and had true wobbler after the game, and not as much of a wobbler as Levine fucking true, but that was <laughs> that was a bad one. Um, but yes, Debbie was super. How bad was that, Levine? You you were all right though, eh? You were at the firing line that day. We were okay, yeah. So after the game, he came in and he's like, he had a bit of a moan at the boys. Basically, they didn't help us out. Me and John had made our debut that day, and you no, know, basically blamed everybody else about us. He didn't do enough to help the boys and. Yeah, Kenzo was sitting beside me. Fucking Eddie. <laughs> well, for Kenzo. Oh, I've shy myself. <laughs> so, yeah. Just in the door thinking, what have I signed up like, to? That's you? exactly what I thought. I was like, fucking hell, this fella's. What the fuck? <laughs> it, was, it was. It was. Never had it before. Like, you know, it was so intimidating. Like, you know, and great, great, great manager. Like, for me, the best. My best manager. Mm. Um, but yeah, and so intimidating. Like, and uh, what are your other teammates who are on? Andy Webster, of course, come on and lifted the cup on, in, in 2010. It was obviously an amazing day that you assisted all the goals. If you'll yeah, the throw-ins. Fucking throw-in king. You know? um, yeah, he, flick that he, on there, lads, will you? <laughs> he, was, he was probably the type of player we needed maybe that season as well, just to come in. For himself, he had to play games, but he, he had such an effect on that dressing room. Yeah, um, oh, he was brilliant coming in. Um, so professional, obviously I'd played at, at some big clubs, um, a lot of experience considering he still wasn't, you know, I, don't, I can't remember what age he was, but he wasn't an older player at the time. Um, great guy, just simple things. He started bringing little things in and, and pushing standards and sounds ridiculous, but like simple, like, we, you know, we didn't have soap dispensers that were in the toilets and, you know, just 
that sounds like a ridiculous thing for me to say. A soap suspenser felt us fucking win the cup that year, but there you go. Um, <laughs> but just little things, he, he just and all the little things start adding up, and um, it's amazing how how much affection he had for the club actually. Because I remember the um, we had a function, a private function after we'd won it, and he went up and said a few words because you know he knew he was he was leaving, and he broke down and stuff on the on the stage and. You know, you could just tell how much it meant to him, and um, you know, obviously he he had a big impact on the club. But I think um, I think the club had had a, a massive impact on him and his family. And I know they're not they're abroad, it's, but you know, being so close and stuff, it was it was a big deal for him. And uh, from one second half to another, uh, you can speak about his footballing or the properties he looked after for these guys that used to rent off him, Lee Wilkie. Ah, oh, streaky, yeah. Streaky's a gentleman. Looks, looks like the angriest guy in the world. Gets, he is an intimidating fella. Um, I've seen him go to town on a few of the boys. But a, a gentleman, gentle giant, um, great, great fella. Something I speak to, speak to quite regularly still. Um, felt sorry for him that he rented his house to certain fellas that we've mentioned already, having to clean up after them. <laughs> And their partners, <laughs> and whoever else they ended up bringing back to the <laughs> house. Um, yeah, you've covered that, though, haven't you? We've covered that. Yeah, some of the lads thought to... under the he had a dishwasher under this under his bed, amongst Just other things. Keep putting. Well, his S Club Seven CDs. S Club Seven CDs. Yeah. Um, Did you ever fem- get them back? I didn't. <laughs> I've moved on from then, pal. <laughs> he chopped me dildo in half as well, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's uh, some stories there, but like saying, he, I mean, he was done. Like his his knees, his knee was done, and he come in, and he managed to get what, two, two and a bit of years, maybe three years, and obviously the, the biggest devastation was twenty ten when he, he he knew he was kind of done. But it was quite nice that he got to go up. And I mean, I know he didn't want to, and even when we asked him, he was like, he didn't want to do it. But I think he. Everyone forced yeah. him to do it. But the guy, we, he was actually stopped going up. Mm. When he went up to walk initially, the security stopped him walking up the steps. Fucking murder. <laughs> <laughs> like, and we eventually got him up. But yeah, that was the type he was. He was, and to be fair to, to Houston, he was the guy for like letting him lead the team out. And mm. you know, it was a massive deal. But Streaky was super. Uh, when I first signed, my first couple of training sessions, I don't, I don't think he'd signed or he was, he was just out training with us at the time. And, um, I had no idea who he was. I had no idea how we, you know, what he'd been through or what clubs he'd been at. Um, so chilled out, and it was only through other lads that I found out, you know, how great a player he actually was. And he was an incredible player. Um, again, despite the fact that he had the injuries that he did, and I mean, to have no ligaments or missing certain ligaments, and to be carrying what he carried was was incredible. Like. Was that I've talked to boys? I, I'm not saying carrying the team, but uh, one man that always gets a bit of praise him and John Rankin. Paul Payton was on once in the past year for the work kind of they put in on the pitch. Uh, for you playing as a defender with guys like that in front of you, was it just quite relaxed and you knew they would put in the hard graft and you boys would just defend? I didn't graft at all, wow. cheers, mate. Yeah, um, <laughs> they did, they definitely yeah. did. Yeah, we were the roadies, mate. That's what I, I said this to you before. Um, we set up the stage for the superstars. <laughs> yeah, the two boys um, obviously had a great relationship on the pitch. They travelled together off the pitch as well. And 
I think that helped, you know. Um, I think at the time the club had kind of drifted away from lads, you know, living locally, and because Levine had put that put the pressure on us when we saw, when we moved over, you know, Hunty was selling his house in Dunfermline, and boys were moving, you know, up to Dundee or or surrounding areas, um, and the club had kind of went the other way, not totally, but lads were allowed to travel up, and um, so yeah, the two boys got on really well, you know, formed a, a really good partnership on on the pitch and. Um, yeah, like you said, they they gave the platform, you know, that was needed for, you know, for the front four or the front, you know, um, players who were, you know, or the, even the fullbacks, you know, to allow them bomb on and, um, you know, I'm calling Andy Robertson back, telling him to chill out a bit and telling me to fuck off and <laughs> on he goes and, um, you know, it's it's you know it was it was a good time. Um, Initially, you know, uh, when they came in, and it was it was a good partnership. To be fair to the boys, and again, all good guys. You know, yeah. very lucky in my time at the club. Um, you know, great dressing room, and and um, and uh, two two super hard working players. Yeah, and uh, re- most recently we've had Mark Wilson on uh, on the podcast. He was obviously, and again, I mean, when we were speaking to him, the amount of like knee trouble and that he had, and he was kind of come in and he got a chance, and you know, put a shift in us and when he was required, but. You know, and a nice guy as well. When we were speaking to him, he had some good sto- stories for him as well, which always helped. But he was another just older player that probably helped at that time. That had a wee bit of experience, played a lot of games. Yeah, it was a go- it was a good mix. <clears throat> um, I think the mix at the time it was a lot. Of the young lads are coming in. Um, you know, a couple of lads were having their fourth season in the actual fourth team dressing room, training and uh, stuff like that. So to have you know Mark in and you know you look at what he's done. You know he's the trophies that he's won, European games he's played in, successful, you know, um, trips, albeit not with us, but um, but incredible to, to see how he got on considering his injuries were so, at such a young age. Um, so, but a great fella, really good fella, very modest considering all he has done. You'd never hear him, mm. you'd never hear him telling you that he was the best player in the Premier League and <laughs> he shouldn't fucking be here. <laughs> Unlike Gav. <laughs> oh, he's coming. <laughs> I'm just leading you on to that, Pat. That's all. He's coming. Um, the, most of them, I think, have got something in common that they all brought up. And you seem to know be nothing for you. How bad or how fine was, or how how were you with Hamburger Hill? Hamburger Hill was a bastard, right? Like, it still is. Like, um, and lads that make out that, ah, you, you know, ah, it was easy, Dillo, you know, floated around it. That wasn't the case at all. Like, I trust me, I just had a poker face. That's all. Big, heavy, deep breathing. And don't show the lads that you're tired. And once you get by them, you can go. Um, but yeah, it was tough. I remember the very first time I'd done it, um, I was in a group with uh, Barry Robson, Mark Kerr, uh, Mogaro, you know, fit guys, like. Absolutely fit guys, um, and I have to be honest, I nearly broke just when I got to the top of it because I'd, I'd never done it. I'd never even been around. I didn't even know where I was at that stage. Like, um, and uh, Mark Kerr just held off from the group, gave me a little nudge, and about ten seconds later, I was done. You know, and I was on the the home straight. So, um, but yeah, there's there's been a few a few tough rides around Hamburger Hill and. Couple of the lads walked through. Uh, Gibby, uh, uh, 
Is it John Gibson, the goal, uh, sub-goalie, yeah. So Gibby and Gordon Pope, they can walk in through the, through the bushes, last two to come out. Um, I think it was, it was the first year, the second year, Levine wasn't happy either. <laughs> Fucking idiots, like, do you know what I mean? You walk when you're not getting seen and then you run, you know what I mean? That's what you normally do, but the two lads walk through and then Levine let her shout and they had to walk back to Tanadice. We wouldn't let them on the bus fucking saves them right walking through like um, but yeah there was loads loads of uh, loads of good stories about, about Hamburg but it's not not easy nothing's easy pre-season's not easy were you there when Scott McDonald took a dump in the bushes nah, nah, nah. nah. <laughs> nothing to do with me we used to have actually I'm sure uh, Bo might tell you otherwise but um, Bo used to there was a corner halfway up uh, when you you kind of meet where the golf course is it, you kind of come round to the right and then hook to the left again. Pardon the pun, you know, golf course and all that. <laughs> uh, there's a small patch, but it's easily, you could easily miss it. And Bo used to stand there all the time. And depending on whether he liked you or not, he'd let you go or he wouldn't. Fucking <laughs> 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 have fellas running the wrong way. And <laughs> but anyway, yeah, that was... <laughs> How did the greatest player ever to grace the SPL Gav Gunnan get on on Hamburg oh, well? Amazing guy. Uh, he probably just went like that. <laughs> Held his back and, and dodged it. I don't need to run, lads. I'm the fucking best player in the SPL, so just give me the give me a shout when the balls are out, I'll see you next week. What a man. Great guy, great guy. Um unfortunately probably uh, remembered for too many uh too many misdemeanors are wrong uh, wrong things but uh, a super super player um, like one of the best centre-backs I've played with like really really top draw um, player um, hard to know you know why he ended up the way he did um, or that things didn't go he had he had tough time with injuries um, and admittedly will probably say he was given too much too young contract he got at, at Blackburn was outrageous from what I've heard um, and it didn't help and I don't think he, you know he, he got the help that he needed um, yeah he was a young lad and he was getting serious amounts of money which a lot of people will probably won't feel sorry for him about um, but just wasn't able to wasn't able to handle that and maybe wasn't given the, the right tools or the right advice to you know when he was living over there um, but Great to see that he's still playing. Um, again, seems happy, you know, with, with what he's doing, and um, obviously had a wild side um, and was a bit nuts and done something I've never seen done on a football pitch before. <laughs> uh, so yeah, just from Gav Gunnan, I will head along the road a little bit to Perth. Mister Nadir Chiefji's just rocked oh, up yeah. at St Johnston. <laughs> Again, for us, probably the best time in his career. I think we got the best of him. Uh, and you've mentioned it before, but on and off the park, he was probably one that just got an extra, well, just gave him a wee bit extra leverage because of the way he was. Yeah. Like, listen, I think that was, that was great management. And I think you need that. Um, some players, you need to you know, keep a leash on. And, and some players, you can, you know, mostly let you do whatever they want, but... He was definitely given a little bit more freedom and, and allowance. Um, I had a great relationship with him, I have to say. And um, 
very respectful of me. I don't know why. I don't know whether it was the captaincy or was it a bit older or maybe just the way I spoke to him. Or, but got on really, really well with him. Um, very quiet fella, very family orientated. But then you could just switch, switch totally and, you know, be chewing away at somebody or <laughs> having a popper and official or anything. I mean, he would fucking attacking fellas on his own bus and for throwing sweets back at him after he threw them at him first. Like he was one that trained like he played though, didn't he? Like a fifty-fifty. He was. Oh yeah, like yeah. Listen, we had we had a few run-ins, of course. In that's. That was a great thing about training. Like you, you know, you got stuck in. You needed to get stuck in. You needed to show that I don't give a fuck about anybody else. I want to play on Saturday, and I want to show the manager that I'm ready to go. And um, and that's the way he was. And um, we've got a lad on loan from St Johnson, and pretty much every Tuesday in tours, I'm like, how the hell's he getting on? What's he at? And, and um, it's just incredible. Like he said, he's he's outstanding. He, he is that good he said just give him the ball that's all they do just give him the ball and again he's had his a bit of a knockback with injury and stuff and um, you know I hope it goes really well for him for him not necessarily <laughs> uh, for them but um, it would be great to see him you know produce him uh, something similar to what he, he gave us because I think we definitely got the best out of him um, you know and whether that's down to the environment you know, Jackie, the, the you know the dressing room, the time in his career. Who knows? They're a mixture of everything, um, but a super player and and somebody that will be remembered for forever for a certain goal, I suppose as well. And iconic, iconic goal, yeah. Hey, Sean Dillon, thank you very much. Thank you, lads. <laughs> so, our. Uh, our first ever live episode recording is done. Thank you very much for each and every one of you for coming along and being here tonight. Thank you to Sean Dillon. Thank you to the Little Theatre as well. Right, double dunter this week. Live you away on Wednesday, followed by Hearts of Tannis on Saturday. Let us know how we'll get on. Plus, tell us if you'd rather listen to the loan report on repeat for 24 hours or be forced to play games or goals for 24 hours. We're at Dode Fox Podcast on social media. You can get your merch, dodefoxpodcast.com. Know this t-shirt. Have a great week. Stay safe. Don't forget to wash your hands and your arsehole. Good night.